No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm here with a legend in the game, someone who's been putting in work for an incredibly long time. Someone I'm truly honored to have a conversation with, Trey the Truth. How you doing, G? What up, my brother? How you doing? Amazing, man. It's very, very nice to have you in here. We have a packed schedule today, but I was like, for Trey the Truth, we're coming in at 11. We're getting it in earlier than I think we might have ever done it before. This used to be like an exclusively late night podcast. Yeah, well, I feel special, but you know, we family. It, it was overdue anyway. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's important that we uh, have these conversations. You want to introduce us to uh, your, your offspring here? Yeah. For those that don't know, this baby truth. This okay. is the, the one who controls everything going on right now. Oh, my God. How old? One. One. Yeah. Wow. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> How do you think she's adapted to uh, being semi-famous coming around? She's on The Breakfast Club. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, she, she'd be cooler, man. She, at the end of the day, she's a daddy's girl. So even being amongst so many celebrities, because it's, you know, I... It's a lot of pits and videos they ain't been posted yet, but she don't care to go to nobody. At the end of the day, long as she with me, she like right, right, yeah. yeah. She got this little zebra. Is that her? That's her choice. Choice at the time. Uh, for the day. Uh, <laughs> uh, funny story. Her uncle Tusha gave her a toy, but that toy, it ain't. It ain't she's not ready for that toy yet. What what kind of toy is that? Yeah, it, it's like a, a like a little light up thing, but it, it it says one of his favorite words sometimes. Oh <laughs> <So> man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm having that problem because now we have no jumper shirts and hats that have this little weed guy on them. And like my nephew, he's five, and he's as soon as he saw it, he's like, I'm wearing this to school tomorrow. And it's like really hard to explain why you can't wear that to school. Yeah, yeah, that's how it go, man. Oh, that's hilarious. So how many kids do you got at this point? Four. Four. Three okay. boys and one girl. And what what ages are we looking at with the boys? Um, 18, 16, about to be 10, and then one. So she is seeing a very different Trey the Truth than what potentially the boys saw. Oh, how, yeah, how, how, how would you say that you and your, your, your parenting style has, has changed with, with age? 18 it's, years, it, a long time. It's always different with, um, it is and it ain't, but it's always different. Back then when they used to say you have a girl, but you know, I didn't really understand until I had her. Mm. You know, because now a lot of stuff I wouldn't be cool with doing back then mm. uh, it don't even bother me now right imagine seeing trader true walking through a queer and with a uh the a baby backpack on that she's sitting in the pouch in front of my stomach while we just cool <laughs> right so, you know it don't when it come to your kids man especially your little girls you know everything goes you're gonna do whatever to make them happy definitely there was that whole situation that came up where uh, the guy who played James Bond, that they, they had a photo of him wearing his baby on, on his chest. And then I forget who it was, but some late night host was trying to clown on him for that. And it was such a big controversy. He's like, how can you clown someone? Yeah, it looks a little goofy, but he's taking care of his kid. Yeah, definitely. At the, uh, you know, when you really care about your kids, it don't matter anyway. And then when you type of cat I am, ain't nothing they can say that's really going to shift what I got going on anyway, because I'm still going to be respected the same, you know? Mm. Um, Specifically, were you ever worried about having a daughter in comparison to just having all these boys? Because it's like now you know what it's like to take a child to adulthood with a boy. The girl's like a different challenge. Huh? Yeah, it's definitely something that'll spook you, and it's gonna be a challenge. It's not even gonna be a challenge just the first eighteen. It's gonna be a challenge her whole life because mm. at the end of the day, you gotta protect her. Mm. And see, with my daughter, she lives in LA, so. I stay in Houston, so my biggest fear is something happening. And I can't get here fast enough, so. You know, I'm real, real precautious when it comes to right. Yeah, you've always sort of had that protector 
gene in you it's always kind of been a big part of how people view you have you always felt like that since you were young were you, were you like the man of the house to a certain extent i wouldn't say i was the man of the house when i was younger it was just always something about me that always looked out for people and you know at the end of the day i'm loyal as they come if i'm with you i'm with you to the end and we're gonna either crash out together or we're gonna win together so i've always been that way with anybody i got genuine love for and mm -hmm. um I think it just, that kind of just stuck with me. And now it's so crazy, it's just in my kids too. Well, not not so her yet, because mm. she ain't sharing nothing with nobody, she don't give a damn. Mm. But the boys and them, they always, you know, it'd be to the point, my, my youngest son, baby Houston, he'll hit me. Oh yeah, I was just hitting you to make sure you're straight, you're good. You know, so it, it'd be cool. But with my kids, I got that, the homeboy relationship, I don't do the 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 strict daddy like i don't with my kids i don't do none of that man like we gonna hold a conversation and right then you come talk to me about anything i'm gonna tell you if you're tripping i'm gonna tell you if it's a good move or you know because when you have a boy and i guess you've seen this straight up so you can tell me what it's like but it seems like you ain't got no kids yet no nah, not yet definitely gonna change your life <laughs> the older i get the more i feel like when i say that that the dudes that i'm talking to on here are kind of like oh like you gotta get on that like you're, you might not have much time bro you gotta pump some kids up no i mean <laughs> it's always time but you definitely gonna want that experience man you're gonna want to wake up to see a, a younger you it's gonna trip uh, you out to see them doing stuff and they don't even knowingly do it they mm. just do stuff that's gonna remind you of you and it's gonna just you just sit back amazed tripped out you know just that the thought process but then the, the flip side of that you can't even get mad when they go to wild and out especially mm. if you was wild and out so yeah that's the other part of it ah man you're making me feel like i gotta go home and get to work <laughs> um but no okay when you're raising a boy it's kind of like you you could raise them in this bubble where you're sort of protecting them from everything around you, protecting them from you know the swear words and the, the people smoking weed and the way that people talk about women, et cetera. But it's kind of like at a certain point, your son is probably just going to become one of the guys who's just going to be in the room while you're with your friends having a conversation. So it's kind of like, do you want to try to shield them for as long as possible and then just abruptly introduce them to the real no, world? I, or do I, you want to try to help them blend in from I, the beginning? I show mine off the rip anytime because the game I give them and the street knowledge of exposing them to certain stuff, it makes them not, you know, when kids come up, the cool thing is when you're curious or you're trying to show out for the other homies. So you go to do you go to do stuff to prove yourself. But when you expose it to them right mm. off the rip, when other kids go to do that, they looking like, man, my old man bitch showed me that. Like I ain't that don't excite me. You're not even gonna get me to do that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. I know this may be cool or this may be lame. So mine, they always been exposed to everything way early. So. They still able to be a kid, but they sharp enough to have street smart, way more advanced than the average child. Mm. So you kind of give them the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. Because if not, what if, what if I brought one around you and didn't, I wouldn't high end with them, then you like, well, man, let's, let's, let's go do this or let's go, I'm about to go. No offense, you can say I'm about to go do a shroom or we about to go <laughs> steal something. <laughs> I'll just give you an example though. That's but cool. the point I appreciate is, you, you know giving what me saying? that instead of like blow or Molly or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first thing that came to mind. So, yeah. <laughs> like I want shrooms right now, imagine. Yeah. yeah, but that that's the thing is that 
I mean, when when you think about who you are now as an adult, it's because you've been through the ringer. All this stuff that you you either did or you found out about or you 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 thought was cool and then you did it and you learned from it. It's all because you actually been through that. And it's a lot to expect a young kid to be able to learn from example. But the the closer you can get them to it, then the better the chance is that when they're 12 and their friend is like, yo, let's go shoplift from the Walmart. Yo, that they're going to be like, that's some goofy stuff. Gun, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Look yeah, look at this gun. We yeah, like, you're your son, that. Nah, nah, nah. I don't need that. Yeah. And, you know, it just is instilling in them. They just got to be leaders, you know, point mm. blank period. Yeah. Definitely. I was listening to a project today. Um, there's a song sliding. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there as my favorite sing. one. Yeah, that's the single right now. It is. Yeah. Well, I'm a good guesser then because I didn't know that. But I was that, that was the one that stood out to me. I had a little bit of West Coast type bounce to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I feel like I needed, especially with my daughter here. And, you know, I got a lot of ties out here. It's just like I wanted to keep that part of the, the culture on my project, too, because I'm out here a lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And everything else is dominantly me, you know, right. as far as Houston. But, yeah, definitely that one, it, it just it gave you that that good turn up youngin vibe you know what right. i'm saying so it felt yeah. like you kind of started the, the the album out on a little bit more of a somber vibe like there's a lot of songs on it that sort of stand out as you know that, that you've been going through stuff like in terms of the nipsey thing like that yeah. that that influence is clearly felt throughout the pro project that sadness yeah. and that that reflection i think man at the time and i tell people at the time i was going through the nipsey thing then, you know, I'm fighting a, a custody case as far as with my daughter because, you know, I only get to see her once a month. Mm. So just everything was like I was just getting pulled in so many directions and I just felt like I had to just let it out. You know, sometimes when you you may walk outside and just go in the middle of mail rolls and just scream just out of frustration. But once you get it out, you know, right. you're going to figure out what's next. And I think that's what it was with this project. Mm. That makes yeah. sense. Can we talk about how you actually met Nipsey and what the relationship was like? Somebody asked me that earlier. I honestly don't remember when the first time we met. Really? But we've been around a long time. You know, that's that's been family more than anything as far as the music. You know, we got songs together, but we've always been close as, as brothers in general. And um, Was that something where you just met him and immediately felt some sort of energy between each other? No, I, I, I honestly, I'm going to have to really sit and think when we met, man, because we got a long, long history. Right. It's, it, even if you go back to look at some of the first times I was doing different stuff in the uh, community, he's been there with me, you know what I'm saying? So we got a long history, man. And, you know, I used to pop in L.A. all the time and just pull up on them all. We'll end up meeting, you know, like I, I remember many times I would come, even though he lived here, he would always be at a different hotel. Hey, bro, I'm staying here uh, for these next few days. Pull up. Uh, what you got going on? How you going to be moving around? Cool. Come pick up the truck. And then, you know, we'll meet back up in a day or so or whatever. It's just like we always just had our own relationship, just family, while like brothers. Right. Yeah. When uh, So you guys always just sort of got along real well together. How, do you remember where you were when you first heard about what happened to him? Yeah, yeah, I was in Houston. I, I remember vividly, man, my, my youngest son was getting his hair braided. And that's when I got the call. And when I got the call, the first initial call was he was shot. Right. Next call was, bro, it's not looking so good. And you know, you, you still kind of like, nah, this ain't real. Like, I, it's, I'm, I'm waiting on somebody to call and say he a hype. And um, I think I found out 
I, well, I found out definitely way before social media that um, that he had passed. What is that? Truth oh. taking over the show. <laughs> I was like, we've been taken over by hackers here. So all of a sudden, music yeah, playing yeah, in my so It just kind of it killed my whole energy, man. And I was telling uh, I was telling somebody I was doing an interview earlier. My son fed off it because you know I went to drop him off instantly, and I was just kind of in a blank phase. But his mother called me. She was like, "Man, I don't know what's going on, but your son been out of it. You know, like he been real sad." And I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. <laughs> And I talked to him. Anybody want to take that? I, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel for the audience at home. <laughs> Might not be. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if she's gonna be able to handle it going away. Yeah. Is she? Oh. Yeah. Now I feel like the worst person on earth. God damn! Yeah, I'm on. the one who took the zebra. Oh no. Yeah, come on. And the take Cheerios. Uh, uh, come on. Come on. Oh my God! It's the cutest pull thing a, I've uh, ever pull seen. Pull the headband down, so. And she got polo shoes. Oh my god, <laughs> she's Let tripping. Go outside, oh baby, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> she's gonna be all right in a second. Oh man, it's so so good that you have a team of big ass dudes just taking care of this baby. It's such a funny thing to look over and see. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of us out here. Yeah, like, yeah. She's the. You see her walking in the building, you see about 10 of us, you gonna know, yeah, that little girl, we don't want <laughs> She's protected. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, okay, so where were we at? Your yeah, brother. So, yeah, Nipsey and um, yeah, my son Energy oh, was just, now. yeah, he was just, he was down because he just took the vibe and the energy of, of how I was taking it, you know. Mm. And um, I don't know, man, I was just, I was just at a blank phase for a long time. And I was getting ready to come out here. And then I was like, man, Nipsey used to be in Houston with us a lot. Like people in Houston kind of took to him as family as us, you know? So mm. outside of my relationship. So I ended up doing a, a memorial for him before I came here. And you know, it was real crazy. There was thousands of people out there. And um, I did that, then I came here. And I don't know, man. I, I just, I've been kind of in here every step of the way. I'm uh -huh. still repping for him to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Did it, did it hit you extra hard because of the fact that you're somebody who is still so much a part of your community and you're just around the people and that's just kind of a big part of your identity? I think and he was hit, like that too. It hit me hard more because that's somebody that I love. Mm. That's what hit me the most now. It hit a lot of people the way that you're saying because people was calling me out the blue like, Bro, you gotta be safe because mm -hmm. everybody look at us as similar. Right. Even to this day, people look at me and him as similar. Because you guys yeah. are like hometown hero rap stars that are really truly like ambassadors of the community, which you don't always see from people that are in your perspective. Perspective, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it could be a lot more, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody's nobody owes anything, anyone, anything to anyone. So they don't have to be that, you know? It definitely could be a lot more because you gotta realize with me and Nipsey, we weren't in a, uh, a, a good situation like everybody else, like other artists, because you had other artists who were going the easy route and blew up and had millions paid. Like, we, we had to hustle hard for us. That's you know? a big part too, yeah. And we still did what we did from the heart, so imagine if we had what they had. And But at the end of the day, I understand they're not required to have the care either. And in a lot of situations, a lot of people, not just artists, it could be movie stars and the athletes, nobody required to care 
if it doesn't affect them personally. That's how a lot of people look at it. And right. I try and teach people otherwise because you never know. Like when the hurricane hit Houston, a lot of people was, oh, man, well, I'm good. My, my, my place good. But when they start really realizing, then they got some of their relatives like, well, Trey and them saved me or I don't know what I was going to do if they didn't come take care of me. And then start, people start appreciating it more. Like even though it may not affect me directly, it can still affect me. It could be somebody that I care for that have been going through and then I got to, I got to take the moment to start being a little more considerate. When I'm saying that, I'm speaking from their aspect because me, I'm on the front line all the time. I'm going to do everything I can. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people are involved in kind of like the street life, doing stuff when you're younger, that whether it's violence or selling drugs or whatever, it's like there's a lot of stuff that you might not consider when you're 18 or your early 20s, the negative impact that it's having on the community. And when I see you doing something that you absolutely don't have to do, like going out and helping with the hurricanes and stuff, it's like, how is your mind state on what you're doing with your time evolved over time? Because it's kind of like a lot of, you know, stuff that you might have been doing when you were younger, you might not have necessarily considered the, the impact that it could have had negatively. But now you're going out of your way to have an overtly positive impact on your community. Yeah. Right? One thing about it, I'm, I'm highly respected across the globe and it's always going to be that. The flip side of that is with me doing what I do. It also shows some of the youngins that's coming up. You could do this and still be cool. You still can be that guy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people need that because if they don't if they don't know then they're gonna overlook it like man i ain't gonna do that everybody gonna laugh at me but when you're a person like me and you your own leader you don't care what people think about you you know you're gonna do what you want to do that's like me i've been been a street cat my whole life i ain't never smoked and drank in my life and mm -hmm. you would think every every street cat gotta smoke a drink but the fact that i don't you know people they respect it just as much mm -hmm. so with that being said the impact that i have now I think with a lot of things that I, I went through in life, you know, from having two sisters murdered, another brother murdered. I got a brother doing two life sentences. My my um middle son disabled. It's like I just been through a whole bunch, man. And I feel like with some of the youngsters coming up, that's why I, I grab them and put them under my wing because I feel like I want y'all to be able to experience what being happy in life is as opposed to having to go Mm. down the, the 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 road or, or the environment I have. I'm not telling you not to be that because I understand it. You know, so I understand that way of life. I'm going to be here and I'm going to be one of the big homies forever. Mm. But I'm also going to watch you not crash yourself because coming up, I didn't necessarily have people to tell me, hey, don't do that. Mm. My first case was an aggravated robbery case, you know, which I was blessed to end up, I think I ended up doing two years deferred probation on it. But the first time the first offer was double digits. Right. But I ain't had nobody, you know, as far as us, I'm, man, we in the neighborhood, we gonna take whatever we wanna take with somebody and, and keep it moving the next day. We not knowing how serious it is. And it's like, that was a blessing from God that I made it through that situation. But what about the next little one? They they may try and hang in with 60, 70 years. I don't yeah. know if you know, I'm the first person that toured through Texas prisons, like as far right. as going in the prisons, being able to rap, kick it with the the, the um, inmates for a day, everything. But I remember, man, there was kids in there. They were so young and small. They had them on a whole different wing of mm. the unit. You got kids 11, 12 looking at doing life or, or 50 years, you know. And it's like, man, when I would go in there and just see them and, you know, talk with them, chop it up, they would be kids all over again. They're not thinking about this the, the world they in now. 
But then me leaving the the the, the reality set that just for that moment they was able to experience happiness and, and, and live as a child, but now they gotta go back to right. surviving. Yeah. I mean we could even keep it within Texas. Like TK was looking like he was gonna be this big breakout star out of Texas and they gave him like fifty years and they're saying you know, you could say that the situation he was involved in was all messed up and he definitely shouldn't have been involved in that. There's no question about that. But they're not even saying he pulled the trigger. And he's out here doing getting handed fifty years and he was seventeen, sixteen yeah, when that yeah. happened. When you yeah. see something like that, it's gotta it's gotta hurt just knowing that the mistakes you make when you're bare you're not an adult, the mistakes you make are gonna basically ruin your entire life. And from what I learned to from what I learned about the homie, not only did they do that, they end up winning and taking his money too. So even mm -hmm. the yeah. the stuff that he was making off the song and, and the music he had was stripped of him too. So they're gonna sue him for everything he made off of it because they're trying to say he was glorifying the, the criminal act or whatever. Yeah, I, I think they already won if I am mistaken. But really? you, you never really know. You know sometimes mm -hmm. stuff spread on the internet fast. But you know, definitely uh, prayers and blessings to him. You know, even to the, to the victim, if it, that's something that he had part to do with. But I understand the life, man. You know, we all mess up, and everybody deserve mm. second chances in, in some some form of fashion. Whether that may be just being high with the man up above, or whatever the situation may be. Right. But I, I know we're in the day and age now. You got a lot of people that that's getting ridiculous time for for stuff that. Ain't called for not just his case. I'm saying just in general. Mm. You know what I'm saying. So it's just it, it, it's all messed up just around the, the board. Yeah, and it really I think it's kind of emphasizes why it's like motherfuckers need to take care of their kids because you could easily have a 16, 17 year old kid who ends up ruining his entire life just because he maybe didn't have his dad around. I don't not can't say that about take care of anything, but that's like you know. You probably known a lot of people who weren't on top of taking care of their kids throughout yeah. their life. Did that ever even seem like an option to you, or was it always so obvious that you were going to be a good dad? Did nah. you and did you ever even come close to not fulfilling your duties? In your opinion, I think the 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 one thing out of fatherhood for me that that probably I wish I could take back is at the time my son Danico which is my disabled son, which I do everything under the sun for and behind him. Um, I think at that time I was just hitting my prime peak. Mm. So anything he needed, he had any and everything way before in advance. But time-wise, I was on the road constantly, constantly, constantly to where I wasn't even able to live for myself. I was on the road. I'm doing three, four shows a week, you know what I'm saying? And... um which I, I I definitely commend his mother because I love her to death, man. She she stood in there, so at times I couldn't be, and times I was on the road, she was always handling whatever needed to be done. That's why we're a team. We are now like it's down there, like my best friend or sort. And um, I think that definitely touched me, just because even though I spent a lot of time and did everything I could, I wish I could have spent more. So that's why when I had my son Houston after him, mm. I tried to make up for it too and, and keep him around you know like even when i was traveling because that's when stuff by this time i'm going through different lawsuits different stuff so it's like i'm not moving how i used to move so i would grab houston and just take him with me we would be out here we'd be in different cities you know to where i felt like i had i slacked a little the first go around giving my time to the people and the fans as opposed to 
giving majority of my time to my family. Mm. And I think any artist go through that because sometimes, you know, it can get overwhelming. Because right. at the end of the day, you still got to get out there and go make money to provide for your people. So mm -hmm. I get it both ways. I mean, it's a weird situation for you now because you're dealing with the custody stuff. You can only see your daughter once a month. It's like, would you be having a really hard time making decisions about how you balanced your time if you were able to have her every day? Would it then be really hard for you to go out and do three, four shows in a week? So you, you know what's crazy that you said that? So I had an album that just came out. I have to get up and go do press. I haven't, you know, I put out tapes, but I ain't put out an album in a minute. Mm. So I was in a dilemma. I only get her once a month. But the album coming out in, in a week or two, do I take this chance and go to New York and go do press? Or do I just shut everybody out, spend time with my daughter, and just say, up the album, and we'll try and push it back? Now, honestly, I tried to push the album back, but it was it was too far in the system by this time. Mm -hmm. So... Now it's like, man, I got to work, but I got to be a father first. And that's how you ended up seeing Baby Truth on The Breakfast Club with right. me. So I took her and Houston, and we was on the road. And now I'm in L.A. doing press, and you see she right here with me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good, too, because it's like you want people to to know that you're growing and to be able to grow with you. And it's like, you know, you've clearly your demeanor and attitude has changed over the years, but it feels like with the, having the baby there, it's very like in your face. Like, nah, this is, I'm a different dude than I was 10, however yeah. many years ago. Different and the same. Cause mm -hmm. disrespect, we ain't gonna tolerate right. Period. Like they, they know that, but a lot more stuff as you get older, you can tend to overlook because mm -hmm. it's like at the end of the day, I gotta make sure I make it back home to my kids. Now, if it's time and we got to go there, I'm prepared in all aspects. Mm -hmm. And I'm still going to get home to my kids. But if it ain't necessary, why entertain it, man? You yeah. know, because a lot of people get caught up in these situations where they have to put on for the world. They have to put on for media. They have to put on to try and prove that they them people. And with me, I ain't, you know, I can walk in the room and not say a word and still be felt mm -hmm. probably 10 times more than the person that's in there doing the most. Right. You know what I'm saying? So growth now is a I'm, I'm a lot more a lot more mature but i have to be you know because everything i'm doing now from this point it ain't about me it's for the legacy of my kids and, and those i love right yeah definitely um i know you probably told the story a million times but you tell us just hit us with those memories of the first times that you linked up with screw and what it was like going into that atmosphere and where, where were you as a rapper before you got introduced to that as a rapper before I put um Before you meant screw. Yeah, on. I put a I put an album, I put a, a, a group album out which was Gorilla Mob. But what happened was Screw ended up getting a hold of the music and the thing back then, bigger than radio, bigger than anything. Tapes. If you ever made it on screw even if you didn't make it on there with a freestyle, if your song made it on there. Mm. Like the tapes were so important and vital to our culture we didn't have track listings you didn't have none of that you just get the tape what you once you hit play what you get is what you get and never forget once the first time we've been on there the first time he put us on there he actually reached out and you know he would come pull up on us because he had relationships amongst all of us on his own but that definitely changed because throughout the city of houston you don't know who it is you don't know the artist or the name, but you may know that song. Mm. And then when people start putting the name with the face, it start growing you. And um, Screw was probably one of the most genuine people you'll, you'll meet. 
laid back, quiet, cool, just had a, a real big heart, you know. And that's why even as homies, as brothers, you, you give and take from your people. Like, I don't know if you're around somebody every day, you may pick up something from them or they may pick up something from you. And I, I always had the heart, but also being around him and the love we had, it only enhanced the love that I had for the people, you know what I'm saying? Because he's one of the people that like to reach out and touch the people and just cheer, you know, he just genuinely wants to see people make it. Right. And that's the same note I'm on. You, and was that weird going into that environment where there's a lot of smoking and drinking and everything being done? And were you not, not into that even at that time? No, I ain't never smoked or drink. You never but felt he, tempted? No, nah, it didn't, but it didn't bother me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And the good thing, like I say about me, I've always been accepted for me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's nothing. You got to think bringing your child on, on, on no jump or breakfast club. Very probably rare. wouldn't see people do it ever. Yeah. But guess what? You can mark my words in due time. You're going to see people carrying their kids around to interviews if they feel need. You know, a lot of people, man, they don't, they don't step out as far as being them. They still be kind. They still kind of be worried about what the next person going to say or how they going to feel. Yeah, I just don't give a damn, man. Because mm -hmm. if you ain't been through what I've been through and, and just went through these obstacles, man, I'm not doing it for you. Mm. I'm doing it for me. So with that being said, I was I was always just me, you know. It'd be times, many a times I'd be at screw house when everybody rapping. I may be sitting in there playing a video game. I may just <laughs> be sitting there chilling. Or it may be times everybody chilling and talking. I may be just sitting in there with screw watching him mix. So it's like, I always just been my own person, you know. Right, definitely. Um, when you were in that environment, though, uh, like or what you're describing there, it just makes Houston at that time period. It makes it sound like the underground hip hop scene was just so alive with this this whole screw tape thing and everything at that time. How would you compare that to the rap scene these days, where it seems like so much stuff just basically takes place online? There are a ton of rappers coming out of Texas right now. Texas definitely having a moment right now. But how would you compare that sort of scene, like at that time when you fell in love with rap, versus the way it is these days? I'm honestly cool with it both ways. The difference of back then when Screw was living was he brought a lot of people from different parts of town and, and different neighborhoods together mm. to where it became an alliance and a, a, a crew. You know, even if you may not necessarily deal with them, this, this crew on a regular, it's still some type of respect and, and some type of understanding there to where everybody be, became bonded to where it was just one big one big coalition. And then you have people, that's how you came out with the, the Fat Pats, the DJ Screws, the Big Moles, the H.A. Dub Ks, the Three Twos, the Grace, the Mafios. It's so many, you know what I'm saying, even down to Pimp C. Like people didn't realize, man, even a lot of West Coast, because we have a lot of ties to the West Coast. So, you know, you have people used to come out there like Sibo, you know, um, Cube. It's like so many people were tied in different ways. But I think the difference of that now is it's just a newer generation. There's ways to get your music out way, way different. And it's a quicker process now. Does it, seem, does it seem weird to you that there's less of a regional sound now 
because of the internet it's like this, this you, you don't hear music as often they're like oh that's that texas shit that's that yeah texas because sound. everybody's able to be exposed to all different sounds and everybody again like i just said even from homeboys everybody taking use here and there whether they may acknowledge it or whether they may not everybody feeds off different stuff because if you walk in the club and you watching what everybody excited about you're going to try and figure out what you need to do to make sure everybody get excited for you the same way. Mm. So it's just how it goes. And it's a different age because like, if you were to look at that era of those screw tapes and everything, that's an era where there was literally no other music on earth that sounded anything like what he was doing at that time. It's yeah, very yeah. different than like where hip hop. Now, when we talk about the next new artists out of Texas, we're talking about the artists that are resonating, that are doing millions of views on YouTube, where it's making sense to the people. Yeah. And then the difference of the game nowadays, which it ended up switching for the for the best because you have people like us who came from the in the trunk era. So we actually sold physical hard copies. But mm -hmm. now in this day and age, a certain amount of streams equal a sale. So it, it kinda it kinda worked both ways. Back then we just had to hustle a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And you know, it it made a lot more sense. But then as time went by, you know, it started off first with YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then you're seeing these artists starting to get all these views, and now they're starting to um, get ridiculous numbers as far as sales. But then the difference is, without the streams, it'd be it'd be kind of hard for a lot of people to get the the physical album sales because you can have somebody that may sell ten thousand physical sales, but stream thirty five million. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So all the time. Yeah. Right. So it, it's just. There's so many different ways with it now, but it worked out because you work hard for those streams. I'd be proud to see them get them plaques off the streaming services and just even the situations where you may not be big to be on radio or anything like that. These streaming services is what keep you alive, you know? Mm. Then, you know, for artists, you got sound exchange now. So now anytime somebody play anything of yours, you had opportunity to where you getting paid for it. Mm. And it's so crazy. We were so into being into our own world, our own space, how we came up independently out the trunk. I didn't even really find out to sound exchange. To, I, Gazi, the one who put me on top of it uh, from Empire, yeah. you know, that's my bro. But I didn't even really find out about that till the last couple of years. So you got to think, man, when I went in, I had already lost damn the 10 years worth of money that I could have probably had never knew nothing mm -hmm. about yeah you kind of came out at a weird time like between the cd age and the streaming age there's a lot mm -hmm. of artists like you who maybe never really got the money or the props that they maybe could have in a way not to say that your career in any way hasn't been great but you know it's just sort of a, a weird time period to fall into where artists weren't necessarily just coming out and getting these big signing bonuses like at, at that time because it was harder to monetize an artist yeah yeah definitely man and but that's also the the gift and the curse. You know, that was the, the curse part of it. But the gift is I'm still the artist that's respected mm -hmm. in every in every area. Mm. That's like even with so many of the old you you can have you can go to a, a listening party with me, like the one I just had in New York, and you can have a DMX Buster Rhymes Mano, you know, that are on legendary status. And then you also have some of the up and coming like Flip De Niro and other ones that show up. So it's like I'm one of the ones that's kind of locked in mm -hmm. in in all aspects. You know, I'm respected 
by the old heads because with the old heads, I was the younger one that always ran with the older heads. Then with the younger ones, I was the younger one that ran with the older heads, so they still look up to me the same too. So it just all worked. Definitely. You know, we just got a Jay Prince Jr.'s first interview. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. it's my little brother. That Shout out to crazy. Pops, man. Make sure y'all get his book. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. See, a lot of people understand me and Jay Prince Sr., we very, very similar. You know right. what I'm saying? And and he's out, he always been supportive of everything I do is vice versa is me supportive with him. And, man, the, the good thing with all of us, with Junior and everybody, is we are family. And I'm proud of them from Junior and Jazz because – a lot of people don't know, like, Jazz responsible for a lot of artists that's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, Junior as well. Like, we all do our, our thing as just a family. But just to think that Jazz would take Drake to Wayne, you know what I'm saying? To think that Jazz, like, Jazz kind of tied in so, so many different ways, you know. And Jazz more on a kind of the mainstream industry then you got junior who who reach out and grab a lot of the the up and coming the underground the street side right and then you have pops that just he tied in the, to everything like i think one of the biggest things with one of the biggest artists that jay prince have now is the ybn amir you uh -huh. know like i just from a distance and Corday, just watching them from a distance them little dudes followings is right ridiculous and it's, I think, confusing to a lot of people the the level to which guys like you guys operate on respect and how that's the most important thing to you. And, you know, like when we saw that incident where uh, Almighty Jay got his chain took or whatever, and the, to have Jay, Jay Prince come out and just say, like, we need that back and nobody will disrespect us and stuff. It's almost like that mentality of just really standing on your principles has kind of become sort of a foreign to people in the modern yeah, social media we, age. I, I tell people we the outcasts. Mm. Um, the outcasts are, if we stand, we have principles, morals, integrity, just everything that we stand for. That's the outcast these days because we in a day and age where people feel like we're going to do whatever we got to do to get by, to mm. win, to make it through a certain situation. And, you know, you got people like us that won't, we won't fold, we won't convert to make a situation easy or peaceful like we just don't believe in it mm -hmm. if i don't if it's something i don't like and i don't stand for or believe in i ain't gonna do it that's just like if you was doing stuff that i felt wasn't cool with your show i wouldn't give it i wouldn't give them view the biggest thing or i'm not gonna do it that's not what i want to do right and i feel like at this present time it's not enough of that but i feel it's always going to have to come back to that. Right. Because you have some of these younger cats that's getting older and understanding why we move, how we move, and why we think how we think. So it's going to come back to that. You know what I'm saying? And again, a lot of people don't take it seriously because it don't affect them directly. When it affects them directly, they'll start thinking twice about it. Because mm. when I did the Jay Prince interview, like leading up to it, I've been watching interviews with his pops and stuff and just kind of thinking about like the concept of respect and just sort of dwelling on it in my head. And then after I do the interview, Jay Prince Jr. tells me that the reason why he wanted to do the interview was because there had been this girl on the podcast and she had said to me, like, what's up with Jay Prince Jr. or whatever? Like, like, should I be scared of them? And my response was, I don't know if you should be scared of them, but you should definitely respect them. 
And like, I didn't even think twice about it when I said it, because, yeah. but she shut up right then. She was, I don't know if she was going to air some shit out, say something, but she shut up right then. And then Jay told me right after, he's like, when I heard you say that, I fucked with that. And that's why I wanted you to be my first interview. And that just like reminded me that when you do the respectable, real thing in any given situation, it might not immediately pay off, but it's always like an investment on what people think of you going forward. Yeah. And, and the fact is when you give any type of respect, it's always going to be some type of respect that's going to be given back. Right. You know, and a lot of people be frustrated because they don't get that certain respect. And when they don't get that respect back, then they go to thinking we the bad guys or we be tripping or, but it's all about how you come at a person. That's like, I came here at the end of the day, I could have been in here like, I'm Trader True. Hurry up, sit down, let's do what we need to do. <laughs> right. Oh, I came here, hey bro, you good? What you got going on? Mm. Uh, well, cool, let me figure out a way that we can try and help you with this. Or, you know, like, it's just a different genuineness. Cause even though we had a reputation, what people feel like, man, I don't really want to get into it with Trey and them cause I don't know how that's gonna turn out or whatever that is, they really don't know from the outside looking in, we probably some of the most coolest people, some of the most humblest people. Right. Just don't mess with us the wrong way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do nothing to you, you don't do nothing to me. But if you go to handling me a certain kind of way, I have to be mm -hmm. what I was raised to be, you know what I'm saying? What I know. I think part of it too is just that you had to grind so hard for everything that you've accomplished in your career. You never had it really handed to you. And the the number one people that I see acting like, you know, spoiled brats or whatever is when you see some 18 year old kid, whatever, who just blows up out of nowhere. And he didn't really have to work that hard on his music career, but now he's got everything being thrown at him and he doesn't really have that perspective on it. I would put you in that category, I put myself in that category because I had to work so hard doing this shit, making jack shit for money before I could even get to the point where I'm at now. So it's like, I, when you see every step of the way, it's hard for you to be a, a rude jerk to the manager. It's like, why, why would you be a jerk to the manager for no reason? He's a guy with a job just yeah, like and you. You know, it's so crazy, man. And I, I'm one of the people when I do interviews, I don't talk about, I don't like to bring up other artists. I don't do none of that. Cause mm -hmm. I just, I don't get involved in no type mess. Anything I need to handle, we handle it out there how I need to be. But I can give you a situation I'm not even gonna name them. It's been times I've seen younger artists spaz out on on their managers and i have to even in the manager kind of you'll be looking and they don't really know what to do because one they need the job two they trying to make them happy but they also trying to feed their family so there's been times i had to pull artists to the side away from everybody like hey, man that ain't the, that ain't the way to move because if you reverse them shoes and that was your your mama or your sister trying to manage somebody else and somebody handling them like shit, how would you take that mm. and you have to bring it to them in that aspect and then they go to thinking like well, yeah, they did mess up, but maybe I shouldn't have went so hard on them. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because they do fuck up. Different people fuck up, managers in it. I, I even had times like that. But I also be mindful to where I don't go over, overly extreme with it because it's like, man, what if somebody did that to 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 your people? That's like me. I don't I don't run around if a bitch pisses me off. I'm not gonna slap upside a goddamn head. If anything, man, just get your ass from around me. I'm gonna get yeah. away from you because in my mind. Somebody ever touched my daughter like that, bro, it, it, I'll be big, prison the rest of my life. With yeah. everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me too. I'm coming to Texas. I'm not happy about that. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you have to just, you have to teach people like, man, just do on the others. You know, it's so crazy to hear this. You know you hear it. I would assume you heard this your whole life. Do on the others that you would want done mm -hmm. unto you. But it's a kind of lesson that 
you're just going to keep learning it over and over and over in your life in different ways. And it's going to keep sort of sinking into your brain. You've been hearing it since you were too young to even really understand. Yeah, yeah. But as you get older and, it, you know, a lot of people ask me all the time, do you think all this are going to change? I say, man, one thing for sure, it never fails. Either they're going to change on their own or life going to change them. Right. You know, you may change on your own because you have a child and you're getting older and mature. Or you're going to run into that brick wall you weren't prepared for and it's going to change you. So uh -huh. it's always going to happen. And I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm looking at him keep signaling because I had another interview right now. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to make sure we oh, We got a solid 45 minutes in there. That's good. Yeah, yeah but it's the first and it, and it won't be the last, man. Um, yeah, anytime, man. And sure. then it's dope because, you know, I'm a transparent person. So from people watching your interviews, they just think it's always going to be some bullshit, but not knowing that you can hold a simple conversation talking about real life. They love any time that I talk to somebody that's like a grown ass man that I got a real conversation with just because like, you know, they get annoyed. I think sometimes when you interview a young rapper, that got a hot song, but then it's like they, they ain't really that good at having a conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely I think people are going to be able to appreciate what we were, what we were able to get them right now. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but definitely shout out to you. The album Exhale is out now. And I'm I appreciate you even checking it out. Um, the next video was sliding coming, but when you see that letter of the truth, that's gonna be something real. It's gonna open a lot of eyes. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is you got a lot of fathers. You have two type of fathers. You have fathers that don't do shit for their kids and don't care, mm -hmm. but still win damn near in the court system and can do whatever they want when it comes to their kids. And you have fathers like me that Imagine somebody telling you you can only see your child for one week out of a month. I get to see my daughter 12 times a year. Yeah. But that shit just don't That's even rough. sign. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but it's also a lot of fathers that, that can't speak up. And this system these days is designed for mothers to win. Right. And I'm not against that because some mothers deserve it because they work hard. They bust their ass and take, they wear all both pairs of shoes. But then you do have some people that do do right, but we taking the, the the consequences of what what man in the past did and mm. fucked up so that's why even with this song and this video i'm trying to open it up so people understand man it's about being equal with your kids you know right. it shouldn't be to where because the way they look at it in the system as long as you ain't on drugs or killing a baby then the baby should automatically be with the mother and i i don't agree with that yeah yeah you know what i'm saying because it's just you catch fucked up situations like like if you're familiar in Houston with the Malaya situation where a child can come up dead from from another another parent, or, you know what I'm saying? And it's like some of that shit wouldn't happen if you if you have an equalness with it, you know mm. what I'm saying? So that's what I'm on right now. No, that's an important thing to be calling attention to. That's definitely that's the growing trade of truth right there, is like raising attention to serious issues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And always trying to take care of the city. Next year, I need to bring you the tray day, though. Oh, I'm definitely trying to come. Never, I was listening to you talk about that. You yeah. never experienced that. You're going to want to. I'm there. Yeah. I was just in Dallas. I get people asking me to go to Houston all the time. It's been a minute. I ain't been there in a year or two, so I'm definitely trying to pull up ASAP. And you know, one other thing, I'm, I'm speaking in the atmosphere. We talked about a long time ago. We need to go and get ready to try and do this tour mm. or run. We need to go and do it. So next time you do it, you need to sit down and figure it out because that's something I want to. I love jumping in 
different world. Let's do you it. You know what I'm saying? Can I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this in this interview is that, you know, how sometimes you and your friends will just have a song that maybe isn't the biggest song, but it'll just go, you and your friends listen to it a thousand times. Future, Long Live the Pimp, feature in Trade the Truth. <laughs> I have listened to that song five million times throughout my life. I got a gold plaque for that. That's an amazing yes, song. Uh, I, I was just listening to it, and I swear to God, that song still hits so hard. Yeah. Man, after this, after, because it's going to be a while of me pushing this album. After that, I'm, I'm going to probably do a Trey and Friends tape. I got, bro, I got over 2,000 songs with damn near any and every artist you could think of, bro. I believe it. So... Um, we gonna the next project gonna be more fun, and then me and Mozzie got a group album and a movie coming out. So we just you know we working, man. Hell game, Mozzie, that's the yeah. man. Right I'm a, there. And I'm gonna make sure I get you in my cartoon too. Oh yeah, yeah. I need to be digitized. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey man, Trade right, the man. Truth. Exhale out now. What's Everybody up? go check that out. Trade the Truth. No jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Like, comment, and subscribe, etc. I messed up my outro, but I'm just gonna rock with it. No jumper.com <laughs> if you want to support. Appreciate y'all. Let's get it.